Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Hello and welcome to this week's Medicinal Monday. I'm Dr. Susanna Alter. And I'm Dr. Ben. And we're both naturopathic doctors who empower individuals to heal themselves through whole food, plant-based nutrition and mind-body medicine. And we're excited to empower you to support yourself or your family or your loved ones in transitioning and recovering from cold and flu-like illnesses throughout this flu season and beyond. Um, Because let's face it, that's kind of a natural thing for humans to do is to become quote unquote sick or ill or under the weather. And it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that your body's broken. It doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. We're going to be talking about why this is a, a, in fact, can be a good, healthy thing for you and your body and how to support that process naturally so that we can, you know, gain more health on the other side of those symptoms. Right. And shorten the symptoms ultimately as well. Yeah. Because really the goal is to mount that immune response, get through the illness as quickly as possible and onto the other side so you can get on with your life rather than having a kind of stretched out cold um, period in your in your year. (laughs) Exactly. And before we get into the really important practicality of supporting yourself through cold and flu-like illness, uh, I thought I'd just read a short little um, blurb here that came across my radar a few months ago. And in the U.S., after the summer sunshine, people stay indoors out of the blustery weather, and we have a candy holiday that's Halloween, followed by a pie and stuffing yourself holiday. That's Thanksgiving, followed by a candy and a pie holiday. I guess that's Christmas or Hanukkah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Followed up by boozing holiday parties to start the new year. I guess that's New Year and maybe just the holiday party season. And we call this the quote unquote flu season instead of human immune system poisoning season, Mm -hmm. because Quite frankly, a lot of people are poisoning themselves and more so throughout the quote unquote flu season. And then, of course, what's the, what this little blurb is alluding to is also the fact that people are staying indoors and not being exposed to the sunshine, vitamin D. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well as just general physical activity. And then, of course, the fresh 
fruits and vegetables that maybe are more abundant throughout the spring and summertime. And the fresh air outside as well. Oh, yeah. We Forgot stay inside and we rebreathe this recirculated air, stale air. And uh, yep, all those things combined can really suppress the immune system. Yeah. So we are going to go through our favorite tips of supporting the immune system to shorten colds. But first, let's talk a little bit about this idea of how colds and sickness actually can be a great thing for the body. It's 100% true. I mean, never throughout the course of human history have human beings just lived healthy lives in the sense of never experiencing uh, fatigue or a runny nose or a sore throat or these sort of symptoms that oftentimes get pathologized in modern world. And then we, of course, um, fear them. And we think that there's something wrong if the, a population or community is, there's like something going around or something like that. And then, of course, there are, you know, vaccinations and, and real protocols in place to like really stop spreading things. And, and, you know, while we need to acknowledge that, yes, of course, there are vulnerable populations who might um, degenerate a benign kind of viral infection. The fact is that when we do expose ourselves to viral, quote unquote, pathogens or, or, or organisms of any type, we allow the immune system to not only upgrade and evolve and adapt continuously to our ever-changing environment, but we also give the body an opportunity to detoxify and kind of burn off and cleanse um, a lot of toxicity from the body through secretions, you know, through uh, sweating, you know, let's face it, the, uh, the febrile response, hopefully, and the sweating response is a good thing that we want to promote. Um, so I think it's helpful to first, before we go any deeper in this conversation, to just have a little bit of a, a mindset shift around how we relate to, quote unquote, getting sick. And as one of our um, mentors would say, uh, health is not the absence of disease. Health is the movement through disease with ease, you know, because again, we're, we're not in a world where disease doesn't exist. We want to be resilient and we want to support our body in a supportive sort of way rather than a suppressive sort of way. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And the other thing that I just wanted to touch on before we go into our top tips here is also this mindset of really working with the body, working with the symptoms that come about when we come down with a cold, rather than, like you said, suppressing them, because yeah. it can be so easy to want to take the decongestant or to take the, you know, the, the anti-fever medication or whatever. But these symptoms that come up when we do have an acute viral infection are actually there to help us clear that infection faster. They're purposeful, as is the case with every symptom, if we're kind of trained and attuned to see what our body is communicating with us. Right. So the first symptom that is, again, common and healthy is a fever. That is the, of course, the elevation of body temperature, which maybe can be really scary, especially if we have a little kiddo. Uh, but this is, in fact, evidence of vitality in the body. The body is doing something right. The body is doing what it needs to do. Um, and that fever is, of course, raising the body temperature in act through activating the immune system to quite literally burn off foreign invaders, uh, amongst other things. Uh, so I think a very important thing to do is recognize that and therefore avoid things like Tylenol that can 
bring a fever down. Um, and even I, I guess some people like there's there used to be a cruel punishment treatment of like getting in a tepid bath, you know, to kind of cool the fever. But what we recommend is actually getting in a warm bath and making sure that we're continuing to support the body and warming itself, again, working with the body. Also getting in a hot sauna, if you have access to one, is a great way to, of course, warm the uh, body temperature uh, in a deep sort of way. Um, and that supports the body, is working with the body in successfully mounting that febrile, febrile response. And a lot of the times, actually, what ends up being an issue for people, especially with maybe more advanced age, maybe lower vitality, is that their fever response is kind of weak. You know, it's like, oh, I only have a 99.4 degree fever. Like, that's good. Actually, that's not necessarily so good. Maybe that fever, maybe you'd be better off if that fever was not 99.4, but maybe 102.2 or something like that. Um, so we can, again, help the body and work with the body by getting in a warm bath or a hot sauna. Yeah. And this point can sometimes raise people's alarms like, what? But isn't that dangerous? We don't, we don't want a fever of 105 or, you know. And yeah, we're not talking about those situations where there's, I mean, really when there's a high, high fever, it's usually an acute bacterial thing that's really serious. We're talking about viral infections. We're talking about cold, uh, upper respiratory infections here. And where most of the people aren't mounting a very good fever response. Most of the time they're around 99 or hundred degrees or so. And we can really shorten a cold if we do get the body temperature up to around 102 or so. And I, I definitely intended to start this podcast episode out with, uh, amongst most podcast episodes out, with a disclaimer, you know, <laughs> like follow your body's wisdom, most importantly, and also follow your doctor's recommendations. You know, don't, don't, we can't do everything ourselves. We are not saying that you shouldn't go to the doctor when you feel sick. Um, we are hopefully empowering you with some deeper understanding and knowledge and tools to support yourself, but, but also your doctor, because we're not that person. Um, so, but, but the, um, the hot bath and the sauna go hand in hand with the next application, the next therapeutic strategy. And this one is an old school naturopathic technique that has been used for centuries, maybe. I don't know, a long time. It's got a long history. And that is warming socks as well as a cold, wet t-shirt. It used to be a more intensive treatment. We call it the warming t-shirt. The warming socks and the warming t-shirt. It sounds <laughs> nice, right? You're warming. Uh, but Essentially, you get out of your hot bath, you get out of the hot sauna, and you put on damp, cold, wet socks, <laughs> cold cotton socks. I know it sounds what? great. What? When, when you have a cold? Aren't you supposed to stay away from cold, <gasps> wet stuff? But you've got all of this good circulation going from the hot, the hot bath or the hot sauna, and then you put the cold, damp socks on, followed by warm, dry wool socks. And that's insulative and allows kind of the circulation to pump throughout the body because, of course, your extremities, um, it, it's, it's, it's physics in some degree and also maybe a little bit of magic. I don't know exactly, but physics and magic and physiology and it supports our circulatory response as well as the, the wet shirt, of course, covering our torso and then covering the, the wet, short, wet shirt with a dry wool sweater of some sort. And um, same sort of effect. And the wet shirt is really great for 
upper respiratory kind of infections and coughs and sore throat. And you can also, you know, wear a turtleneck and get up here or a scarf um, to get the throat for any sort of sore throat, strep throat kind of case. Um, but yeah, it, it supports our circulatory system and helps our immune system mount a proper response as well. Yeah. And actually, if you go to our YouTube channel, the very first video that pops up is a hydrotherapy tutorial. So you can actually see visually what these applications of hot and cold water look like. And, you know, in addition, uh, ways to use hydrotherapy really locally, especially if you have a lot of congestion, sinus and nasal congestion, mm -hmm. is to actually do warm alternating compressed right to the sinus area where you feel the pressure. And also another favorite of ours is steam inhalation where you boil some water and then you add some antimicrobial herbs in there, maybe some thyme, sage, oregano, rosemary, and then you take a towel, you turn off the heat, of course, and you take a towel and make a little tent over your head over the pot of boiling water with the herbs and then you breathe in mm -hmm. the steam and those two localized hydrotherapy practices really help to work with the symptom of congestion not mm -hmm. suppress it but you're actually helping it to be loosened and and actually moved and then expelled out of the body because really the reason why we get congestion is because mucus is a way that we bring white blood cells and nutrients to the area of infection, our respiratory passageways, so that we can fight the infection faster. Yeah, so we wanna clear that. Um, and keep it moving and grooving so it doesn't get old and crusty and stale. So that's the best quote unquote decongestion is the way, is the natural congestion cleanser, if you will. <laughs> it's not really a decongestion, it's a congestion cleanser. Yes. Um, so that's a great tip. And we can go on and on about okay. hydrotherapy alone, of course. But um, the next really important thing is nutrient-dense foods. Obviously, keep it up. We started by talking about how cold and flu season, quote unquote, is maybe just a nutrient depletion season. Um, so we can flood the body with nutrients in the forms of juices and smoothies and soups and things like that. Um, and, and um, yeah, just do your best. I know a lot of people lose an appetite during uh, some, with some, some of these illnesses and it's okay to listen to the body in that way. But that brings us to the next point. Oh, oh did but you have before, more to say? just when we're talking about food, this is definitely the time to avoid the sugar, the meat, the dairy, the eggs, the alcohol, yeah. the things that really aggravate symptoms and inflammation in the body. This is a time to really eat cleanly, focus on those green light foods. 100%, 100%. Um, but yeah, that brings us to the next point, which is hydration. So, so important. We could go on and on about this as well. But when we're talking about cleansing, when we're talking about clearing things, when we're talking about detoxifying, hydration is our best friend, whether we've got, you know, nausea or vomiting, diarrhea, kind of losing fluid or not we want to be replete with fluids. And you know that the best way to stay hydrated is by drinking clean, purified, mineralized water so that we allow for a deep cellular hydration. Also things like lemon water and herbal teas and green juices. And yes, of course, we can use our herbal teas as also a means to bring in some immune supportive herbs and antimicrobial herbs like you know, echinacea or elderberry tea or elderberry syrup, 
even lemon balm and and things like that can be drinking and consumed in that way that have antiviral antimicrobial properties uh, but the most important thing is to really support that hydration process uh, because that is going to be like maybe the the number one thing to bring you from point a to point z over and through those symptoms is really a matter of how well you're able to stay hydrated definitely yeah and so now we'll shift into some supplements because yeah. I think that's where everyone kind of jumps to. But we like to really emphasize that the steps we talked about before supplementation yeah. are actually the most important. And then on top of that strong foundation of self-care, these supplements can do a lot. And so starting off with zinc. Zinc is one of our favorite immune mm. supports. Yeah. Um, typically, you know, we talk about 30 to 50 milligrams a day. If you're doing 50 milligrams a day, just do that for the short period when you're sick. Mm. And then when you get better, shift back to 30 milligrams. Yeah. And um, what was I going to say? About zinc. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely take zinc with food. Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because that will trigger nausea and vomiting. Um, on an empty stomach. On an empty stomach. Mm -hmm. So yeah, upping the zinc intake. But then the the next thing is really important. This has been brought to light through the current pandemic of sorts. A lot of people talking about zinc ionophores or or compounds that allow zinc to get intracellularly to stimulate the immune system in various ways. And that's where quercetin comes in, which is a plant phytonutrient. Um, Onions are rich in, in quercetin, citrus fruits are rich in quercetin, but oftentimes we can't really get a, a physiologic healing dose of quercetin without taking a capsule of quercetin, so that can be helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are various quinine sources as well. Quinine is an antiviral, antimalarial, antimicrobial um, compounds. And we've been making quinine extract from citrus peels, mainly lemon peels and grapefruit peels. And then you pressure cook them or, or um, cook them down at low temperature for three to four hours on the stove and allow it to cool and kind of strain off, of course, the, the citrus peel. And then you get kind of a syrupy, uh, super bitter quinine extract or I guess you wouldn't really call C it a citrus extract. citrus extract that's rich in quinine naturally. Mm -hmm. And that can support this zinc delivery system as well, mm -hmm. um, as well as being directly antimicrobial itself. So that's a good therapeutic strategy along, especially alongside zinc. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the next one is vitamin D and we had a full episode podcast episode on vitamin D, all the nuances and how important it is in maintaining a healthy immune system. People who are deficient in vitamin D are much more susceptible to coming down with whatever is yeah. being spread. And so making sure that you have that consistent vitamin D supplementation is important, but when you're sick, you can actually ramp up the supplementation to a higher dose you know, we recommend 10,000 IU a day until you feel back to your normal self. Yeah. And again, with vitamin D high dose supplementation, which quite honestly, anything above 5,000 a day, I would say is, is high dose vitamin D, even though some people do 50,000 a day, that's very controversial. Um, but we definitely don't recommend going more than 10,000 a day for more than a week or two at the most. Yeah. Um, then we want to come back down to our maintenance dose, whatever that is based on your uh, baseline levels and whatnot. Right. And then there's vitamin C, um, which is, of course, a great 
friend of the immune system. And we love getting vitamin C from food-based sources like camu camu berries and acerola cherries and an amla berry in powdered form, really, because a lot of these foods are not really available worldwide, but the powders most certainly are. Um, so getting one to two to three grams of food, food grade, um, not food sourced vitamin C is really great. And yeah, do you have anything more to say about vitamin C? Yeah, if you're if you're wanting to get that higher dose, you you definitely want, you know, if you want to make sure you get two or three grams a day, then you can buy it in the capsule form. We just recommend looking for a good um we recommend ester C with, with bioflavonoids because it's a more absorbable form versus just your standard um ascorbic, ascorbic acid. acid. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Vitamin C is kind of a tricky topic because a lot of people study vitamin C in the ascorbic acid form, which is completely different than the way that it, but the way that it comes in nature. But anyways, that's a story for a different day, maybe. Um, and then one of my favorites, the last on our list here for supplements, and then we'll talk about herbs is NAC, N-acetylcysteine. And this is such a great, great supplement for shortening colds yeah. because not only is it antiviral in and of itself, but it also is very mucolytic, meaning that it thins mucus and it breaks up biofilms that pathogenic organisms that have colonized in our respiratory passageways um, have, you know, created that keep us sick longer. And not only that, it's also a precursor, maybe, you know, to the, the compound glutathione that our liver creates that supports detoxification processes. So, yeah. It's a good NIC one. NIC is an all-around uh, awesome supplement, but honestly, keep it on the hush-hush down low. Don't run and t tell your friends and family because there's, a shortage. there's kind of a run on NAC. And quercetin, actually. And quercetin and yeah. some of these things. Maybe you know about that. <laughs> and rumor has it that maybe the FDA is cracking down on uh, over-the-counter N-acetylcysteine. Because it's so effective. Ugh. Anyway, we generally <laughs> recommend 600 to 1200 milligrams three times a day if yeah. you have an acute thing going on. Usually they're in 600 milligram capsules. So one or two capsules three times a day. And it's a great one. Yeah. And then we kind of already talked about some antimicrobial anti herbs when we were talking about hydrating with tea. But things like astragalus, elderberry, echinacea, lemon balm, and licorice. Um, and then there's like, you know, all of our culinary herbs too, right? Like thyme and oregano and all of these sort of things. And garlic. That, and garlic that we want to be flooding the system with as well. And hopefully we are all the time, but we can kind of up our intake of herbs, uh, especially safely in the form of tea. Mm -hmm. That's a, a great way to do it with, without worry of overdosing or ill effects or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, the nice thing about astragalus, elderberry, and echinacea is that they are fine for children. Mm -hmm. um, and then the only, the only herb, you know, the only caution I see here with any of these herbs is licorice. If you have high blood pressure, don't don't go overboard on licorice because yeah. it does have a, a blood pressure raising effect long it just, term. It just kind of boosts the adrenal glands mm -hmm. and supports a little stress hormone production. Not yeah. in a not in a negative way, um, but. Anywho, yeah, th that's the herbal conversation around supporting cold and flu symptoms. But really, we're ending with the most important point, and that is rest. And this kind of brings us back to the beginning where 
getting sick, quote unquote, catching the cold, catching a flu is not a bad thing. It's not a sign that your body is broken or needs fixing or anything like that, but we want to work with it and support. And the best thing that we can do to work with and support the body is just getting horizontal, taking the pressure off ourselves, resting. And really, quite frankly, I think it's a perfect excuse to, you know, cancel meetings, cancel cancel trips and just focus your attention on where it truly uh, deserves belongs to be. And that's, you know, with yourself and supporting yourself and all of the things that are most important. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to wrap up today's session by just sharing some other things that are going on at Alter Health, mainly first that our community on the locals platform and the telegram platform are growing and we invite you to join us over on those platforms. That's where you can mm. stay up to date on all of our podcast episodes, our posts, our meal guides, our recipes and all that good stuff. So go check those out. The links to those platforms will be in the show notes of this podcast. And also talking a little bit more about those meal guides, we are doing this awesome new thing where if you become a local supporter for just $11 a month, you in return receive a weekly meal guide. These are detailed meal guides with new recipes every single week. And you get four of those meal guides a month plus an invitation to join our exclusive supporters Zoom call that happens monthly. So check that out if you want a little bit more intimate connection with us. But if you're looking for really comprehensive support in reversing your symptoms and experiencing optimal health, check out our Thrive on Plants program that we work individuals to support them in thriving. And you can learn more about that at alter.health. Thanks so much for tuning in. We look forward to catching you guys next time, whenever that might be. Bye for now. Peace and love.